supposed to cash okay I want you to understand something that if Jesus put it in his word then he wants you to go cash that check so that's why the name of Jesus is so important it's it's important because he is God he was with God and he speaks for God that's why it says that he was the word in the beginning you know this is one of those things that I want everybody to understand is that Sometimes we don't put Jesus' name on the check. Well, you can't cash check if it ain't on the account, right? And they're fine over there, by the way. They're okay. I, I'm, I'm good with it. Believe me, I've seen kids go and uh, pee on the podiums. You know, when you go over to, to third, third, you know, third world countries, hey, you know what? They're kicking balls in the middle of most of those services. You know that the Holy Spirit's in every bit of it. You know, the name of Jesus is in the middle of it too. Is that we have the ability for us to go and cash the checks that Jesus came to give us. Do you know that when we actually understand that Jesus' name, that it is powerful because it is on the account. See, We need to reverence the name of Jesus. We need to use the name of Jesus. We need to be in the middle of the name of Jesus. Because if you're not using the name of Jesus, then you're not cashing the check. You need to put that name all over it because he's got it to be able to give it. He will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know that in every single time in my life when I've needed something, I put in the name of Jesus at the end of it. You know, there were times when I didn't and I didn't get very far. You know, God's still merciful. Because I heard the Holy Spirit said, well, does he not bless those that, that don't use the name of Jesus? Yeah, you still get blessed because it rains on the just and the unjust. Do you know that God put together the ability for us to add super to our natural. See, there's natural goodness that goes on in the earth. We get rain. But guess what? Okay. Do you know that in in everything in our society and everything that we do that that God has blessed, do you know that there is a natural to that? And God is telling us through the name of Jesus that we're supposed to have the super added to our natural. So let me ask you a question. How many people's cut themselves before? Is it healed on its own? Do you know that there is natural immunities that is in your body? God put them there. So we're not, we're not dealing with just the spiritual we're dealing with physical and spiritual when we talk about the supernatural 
See, a lot of people, they only see the natural. It's what they can hear, taste, smell, and feel. It's not, it's not those, those things that, that are out here, you know, that, that they think that there is a good God and a bad devil. See, I want you to understand that, that in the powerful name of Jesus, he's trying to add a super to your natural. And if we don't understand how to add that super to the natural, then guess what happens? We only get the natural. And you know what? There's lots of things in the natural that can go wrong. But when we add the super to the natural, he helps our infirmities. You know, Isaiah 54 was nothing more about Jesus came to take on our burdens, to take on our infirmities. So you have 53 that tells us about all the things that he did for our physicalness. And then 54 tells us about all the things that he was. See, I I really believe that we need to be using the name of Jesus to help add that super to our natural. Amen. Amen. So we're going to take communion. And so now you get to apply that to your life. So while we're taking this communion, I want you to understand that Jesus is saying that, that we, need to, we need to understand what he did in his body. You know, he took lashes on his back for, your, for not just your sins, but for your sicknesses and your diseases. You know that he spilt his blood for the new covenant so that you can have your sins covered. See, we need to take that and do that in remembrance to him. So as we're passing out the implements. You know, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that there are, that there are times and seasons when this needs to be something that you do on a daily basis. There's been days where I took communion every day and it was nothing more than apple juice and like, you know, some saltine crackers. You know what? He was still okay with it. Because it said it as often as you remember me. You know, I can remember Jesus a lot. I need to remember his body and his blood a lot. Amen? Amen. You want to get it? You know that on the night that they did the Passover, that Jesus was, Jesus was trying to tell his disciples that there was a change that was coming. And it was a supernatural change. It was a change that was going to happen for, for a couple of purposes. You know, I say this before because I've actually had a minister that I saw that he calculated that it would take somewhere around three years for you to go see Jesus if he had just stayed in Jerusalem. How many people know if you wanted to go talk to Jesus, you'd have to get on an airplane, you'd have to go over to Jerusalem if he just stayed. You'd have to go get in a line that was probably miles long. And by the time you finally got to Jesus, you'd only have about a minute with him. You know, when he told his disciples, I have to go because I send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Do you know that that's one of the reasons why I believe that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to have you do this in remembrance of me as often as you remember me because he wanted them to know 
that he didn't leave them or forsake them. Amen. Amen. So that night after the Passover, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my body that I'm going to give on the cross for you. It's going to have stripes to cover your, not just your sins, but your sicknesses and your diseases. And he said, take and eat all of it. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross for us and to taking those stripes on your body. We thank you for giving us the the power through the Holy Spirit to be able to believe and take the authority in Christ Jesus' name. We thank you that you came to be a man so that you could give us that authority in Jesus' name. And in the same night, he took the wine and he said, this is the wine of the new covenant in my blood. Take ye and drink all of it. Father, we just thank you that you decided to create a dividing line in history. That you decided to create a covenant with us that gives us the ability to be able to say that our sins are forgiven, that we are, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because Jesus came and spilt his blood on the mercy seat. We no longer need to sacrifice lambs, bulls, and goats to, in order to get our uh, sins forgiven of us because really, in reality, that didn't change anything. But now we stand in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As often as you do this, remember him. Remember what he's done for you. Amen. I'm going to hand this over to my wife to do the announcements. You can be seated. Amen. You know, Communion is so powerful. It just reminds us of what, what Jesus did. And like Dusty said, when Jesus paid for sin, understand sin was the root that every bad thing came from, it grew from. Sickness, depression, anxiety, fear, poverty, lack, all of those were the fruit produced by sin. So when Jesus bore sin and ripped the root of sin out of our life, then everything that sin produces no longer has a root to grow from. And we use our authority in the name of Jesus to command it to bow its knee because we have been set free by Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Amen. So now what I was supposed to do, the announcements. You can follow us on Facebook and we post when we're going to have a fellowship and what we'll be serving. So if you're ever curious, what was for lunch next Sunday? You can always go look on the Facebook page. I usually put that on Friday or Saturday so you can know. Also, our sermons are there. And also, uh, right now we have Healing School that posts there. And so uh, you'll see this week Healing School post in today's message as well. You can also get those things on the podcast, the audio version of those. 
There's three ways to give. You can give online. You can give by cash or check in the offering basket that's in the foyer here. Right as you step out of the sanctuary doors to the right, that basket's there. You can also Venmo. And then uh, just a reminder that we're still collecting shoes through June the 18th. So I think you've got two weeks from today is our final day. If you still want to contribute to that new shoes or gently worn shoes of any kind, uh, there's a collection box in the foyer there in the corner. And you can put those there if you'd like to contribute. Um, We're still having healing school every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. It has been very powerful. I encourage you to join us. We won't be having healing school this Tuesday. We're kind of at the halfway point. So we're taking a break. So um, you can join us the next Tuesday uh, at 6 o'clock. And then uh, after church today, we're having hot dogs. Papa Jack brought the, praise the Lord, Papa Jack brought the hot dog roller, so they'll be hot off the press. So uh, hopefully you can stay and eat lunch with us in fellowship. And then before I do Identity Kids, I did want to do one uh, piece of information. Uh, our family's going out of town this week. We're going to San Antonio to see uh, my younger brother and my nephews and my uh, sister-in-law. So we're excited about that. And I've had some people ask, well, are we having church next Sunday? Yes, we will be back. So we are having church next Sunday. No healing school on Tuesday night. We've hit the pause button for the summer uh, for Wednesday night services, but we will be back to see you next Sunday. So join us next Sunday for church. And it's time for Identity Kids. I think they're back there. Come on down, guys. There's one. Oh, there he is. You moved. All righty. Well, let's just uh, stretch our hands out and declare a blessing over them. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for these children. Father, what a blessing they are to us. I just pray, Father, they have a wonderful time today, Lord, and I thank you that they will learn and hear the things from your word that is truth and life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Since we've uh, had communion and we were doing fellowship and everything else, I'm going to get started as soon as I possibly can here. um, Because, I mean, it's going to be hard to get through 86 slides in the next hour. So, (laughs) me too. I hope it's a joke. It's not. No, I'm kidding. You know... And you guys let me know, we're, we're on awesome. Well, good morning, Identity Church. I hope y'all have had a great week. You know, one of the things that I look at with, with what we've been doing over the last couple weeks is, you know, we were talking about prayer and worship and, and how, to, how to actually see the outcomes. See what, the way Jesus sees things. See the way the Holy Spirit sees things. You know, if you're praying and you're saying, Ah, Lord, here's all my problems. Well, he already knows all your problems. And see, he wants you to pray like a near wish. He wants you to go out and he wants you to see it the way that he's got it in his word. Well, I don't know if I know the way he's got it in his word. Well, you know what? That's what we're going to kind of talk about today is we're going to talk about valuing what you learn. You know, wisdom is something that is not given as a... Let's just say people don't grow up just wise. You, you know, just because you, you're you old doesn't mean you're wise, right? I, I've, I've known lots of people that were my age and older that they didn't have it together. They wouldn't know how to, you know, they wouldn't know how to do anything. Wisdom has nothing to do with age. Now, having old age and living life and knowing stuff 
can produce wisdom. And I'm going to say it again. Because if you know something and you apply it to your life and you live it out throughout your life, the older you get, the more wise you become in it. You know, there's plenty of things in my life that I've known about that I applied to my life and that the older I get, the more I realize I, I can use this. I can, I can actually make my life better because I've done this. How many people know that, you know, when you first start driving, you think you're the greatest driver ever? I mean, you think you're the greatest driver. My daughter says no. She was not because she. this was what she did. She'd be 16. She'd go, Dad, can you just drive? Because I just want to play on my phone. And that's the way she did it. That was how, that was how we dealt with, with driving. But she eventually learned. But do you know that I thought I was the greatest driver ever when I was 16? You know, I got five tickets and I got in three wrecks. Well, you know, the thing is, is that the Lord put it on my heart the other day. He was like, he was like, um, one of the guys that I work with, he said, well, I've got a ticket that's coming off soon. It's been five years. And I went, well, you know, the last time I got a ticket and I was going, I can't even remember the last time I got a ticket. You know, I can't remember the last time that I was actually, I mean, well, the last time I was in a wreck, uh, Everybody got in a wreck. We were on a wreck uh, at 11 o'clock on, um, at Malfunction Junction. There's a reason why they call it Malfunction Junction, by the way. Because when it malfunctions, the whole junction goes down. It, it's pretty bad. But that was probably back in 2014, 2015 time frame. Do you know that the older I get, the more aware I am? Also, I've been doing it long enough that I look at my mirrors. I do all the things I'm supposed to do. I'm also cognizant of how fast I'm going. One of the things is my, my Dodge Durango broke down. I ended up having to get a new vehicle, the Kia Telluride. So I have my Tele guitar and I also have my Tele car. <laughs> so I, I love my Telluride. It, it has a function where you actually hit the cruise control and it matches speed. I can be on a back road and I can hit that and it'll just match speed. And so I never am going to go over the speed limit unless I decide to set it higher. But, but my point behind this is, is that every single time that we, go, that we go to do something in our lives, like, you know, JR, he does, you know, he does tile work. By the way, I'm giving JR a plug. If you got some tile work that you need to have done, he'll be in the back handing out cards. But one of the things that, that JR knows about tile that I do is that he knows everything about tile and I know nothing about tile. So that gives you some sense of who you should go get to do your tile, right? Now, I'm going to tell you what. If you wanted to know more about cybersecurity, I've been doing it for about 26 years, okay? So I could give you everything that I know about cybersecurity. But do you know that that was time and knowledge? So we have to value what we know. Because valuing what we know means that we're going to put a price on it. That it's going to be something we, we actually put into. We're, we're going to go get things for it. You know, I've spent 
tens and twenties and thirties and forties and fifties and sixties of thousands of dollars to go and get educated in cybersecurity. Well, you know, I valued that. Well, you know what happens when you value something? Well, my work values me. They put a paycheck in my account every two weeks. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why we need to understand that if you want to be wise, then you need to value your knowledge. Amen. Wisdom is better than gold. So Proverbs 16, 16, everybody probably knows Proverbs 16, 16. It's one of those where, where everybody always wants to, to talk about how wisdom is better than gold. But a lot of times we don't understand why wisdom is better than gold. You're going to find out today. Proverbs 16, 16 says, how much better to get wisdom? This word wisdom is the word for skillful. It means witty. Have you ever found somebody who was witty? If, you, if they know a whole lot about something, they can make it funny. They can, they can throw a, a little twist on it, right? Because they've seen it from every single angle. You know, a lot of times, when I first started preaching, I started preaching like this. I'd be like, the Word of God says this, and um, um, amen. Well, you know, the longer I've been preaching, the more I can say, I'm sitting here and the Holy Spirit will just throw something at me. And I'll give you another angle of it. You know, it's because I'm having more and more and more knowledge about what I'm doing. Not just the word, but public speaking. You know, there is a, a side of public speaking that comes along with preaching. Well, it's the same thing as if you're a salesman and you're out here selling. Well, if the first time you go to sell something to someone, they're going to go, nah, I'm not interested. And you go, oh, okay, I don't ever want to do this again, right? But if you kept doing it and doing it and you become comfortable with it, well, then eventually you get to the point to where you start going, not only am I skillful, but I also can have some wit. Man, there's people that I've met, they could sell, you know, they could sell refrigerators to Eskimos. They could, they could go and, and, and sell anybody on anything. And it's because they're able to connect with people. You know, that's called being wise with your words. This is a, this is a true statement. You know, anything that you do, you've got, to, you've got to have the ability to be skillful in it. And it says, how much better is to get wisdom this understanding with experience than gold. And to get understanding, and that is knowledge and meaning. So understanding is knowledge and meaning. And it is to be chosen rather than silver. So if somebody came up and say, hey, you want to know understanding? And you go, I'd rather have the silver? Then you're not very smart. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. Because the Bible says that it's better for you to choose knowledge than it is silver and gold. What did I tell you a minute ago? I've spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to go to school. I have a master's degree in computer engineering. It took me a long time. I had, I had to go and spend a lot of money to go get that. Do you know that in every bit of that education that I had, I spent silver and gold. I spent money. You know, I chose knowledge over retaining my money. And you know what happened? That investment has grown my portfolio. 
I've come become further and further and further because I did that. Do you know that in everything that we need to understand is that, and I believe this is true, I believe this is a stepping stone, that whenever we see understanding is to be chosen rather than silver, which is higher, silver or gold? Gold. Absolutely. Do you know that it was even that way back in these days? That gold was more rare. and So it was more expensive. Well, you know what? We need to spend our, our silver in order to get education, to get the understanding. But do you know that in order to get the gold, we got to spend time with that understanding, that education, to bring it about in our lives. In fact, wisdom in the Oxford Dictionary says, the quality of having experienced knowledge and good judgment, the qualities of being wise. The fact of being based on a sensible or wise thinking, the body of knowledge and experience that develops within a specific period. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question. Have you ever heard that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in something? Everybody's heard that, right? So if you take 10,000 hours and you divide it down, that is 4.8 years at 40 hours a week. All right? So one of the things that I want you to understand is that if 10,000 hours, which is not a, a, there's no biblical sense of that. I'm not, I'm not saying that you've got to go get in the word for 10,000 hours or anything like that before you can have faith or anything like that. But what I want you to understand is, is that in everything that you do, after about five years, you're an expert. You've, you've seen it all. You've, you've dealt with all kinds of issues. You know that the same thing applies to the Word. You know, after about five years, I went to Bible school. After, you know, in 2015, I started Bible school. I went all the way through. I started doing co-pastoring with other people. I went to Jacksonville, and then we were with Life of Faith for a while. We helped start a church. You know, I'd seen all kinds of stuff. You know, by the, by the time I got to here, I was much further along. You know, the Lord wants us, He wants to put things in our path so that we understand things and He wants to give us opportunities. We have to take opportunities. You know, there's back in the day, 25 plus years ago, I actually worked for free for a, a data center. It was Chapman Communications. They were running a data center for a compass bank. I go in there, I'm working with them. They made me shave my beard. It was awful. But in order for me to give away my time, they were like, well, you got to shave your beard. We don't like people with beards. It's like very discriminatory there. But they came in and they, they told me that. You know what I did? I shaved my beard and I went and worked with them for like three or four weeks. Do you know that at the end of the three or four weeks when I decided I wanted to go get another contracting job, do you know that the guy that ran the data center wrote me a letter telling exactly what I did and also that he would hire me if he had a place. I went and took that around, and I was able to get jobs based upon that testimony. You know, we overcome by the testimony, right? It's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. 
Well, you know what? You can't have a testimony if you didn't have a test. Oh, man, that was good. I was expecting, whoo, I was, I was expecting y'all to go, whoo, yeah, I got to have a test. Lord, give me some tests. But you know, a test is nothing more than an opportunity. You know, if we, if we looked at tests and trials like opportunities, then we would be much further along, much further along. Those that seek wisdom are able to see the value in wisdom. If you said to yourself, hey, I see value in going and spending time with people that I'm not going to get paid for and I'm going to learn some things, then you value, you value wisdom over money. You know, one of the things that, that we got into a couple of years ago was we were doing youth and I had one of these youth tell me, well, I just think it's wrong that you would ask somebody to go do something for free. And I go, you pretty good at video games? It's like, yeah. I said, you paid for that video game, right? Well, my parents did. And I was like, yeah. So you're doing something that you paid for and you've become really good at it. They were like, yeah. And I said, well, you got to understand that if you were to actually take that same mentality and go to apply it for a job, you'd be really good at that job. And if you're really good at that job, then people are going to see your skill. And when they see your skill, they're going to pay you money. But see, right now, you're less than nothing in this skill. It means that you can't do the job. You're going to screw it up, and then somebody's going to come back and go, oh, i got to go fix that thing. You know, I messed a lot of stuff up. But you know what? It's a whole lot easier to mess something up when you didn't get paid. Right? I mean, they're not going, hey, I'm going to go fire you. They're going to go, hey, well, you know, you were volunteering. I'm going to show you how to do it again. You know, one of the things that I wanted, I wanted to bring out is that experience with developed knowledge is wisdom. If you have a knowledge and you develop that knowledge, you're eventually going to get to become wise in that area. So in uh, Proverbs 16, 18, I've got it written down here. It's only two verses after 16, 16. It says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. This word pride is arrogance. If you go look it up in the Hebrew, it means to be arrogant. So let me ask you something. If you're arrogant about something, does that mean that you're trying to learn? No, it's the opposite. You already believe that you know it, right? So arrogance equals pretending to have wisdom when you are undeveloped in knowledge inexperienced and you have poor judgment you know we've got to get rid of the i know spirit back when i was at southern link we had hired this person they were in our mobile switching office and it was a 24 by 7 and so i'd been there for maybe like six months this guy comes in and he would go you know they would put him on the desk and they say answer the phones." so he would answer the phones he got it wrong so the supervisor would come out and go, let me tell you again, you've got to answer the phones like, you know, good morning, this is, uh, EM, this is the MSO switching office. How may I help you? Because he would go, what? And so they'd be like, nope, you've got to learn and how to do customer service. You've got to know how to, how to handle it. And he would go, oh, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. He'd go, I know. 
And so he would say, I know like three times to, hey, I need help. And so something else would come along. Somebody would open, say, hey, we need to open up a case. We need to send somebody out to go fix this issue. And he would mess it up. He wouldn't put it in. He would forget to put the ticket in. Whatever it was, the supervisor would come back out and go, okay, when somebody calls, you write down this, you know, this information. And he'd go, I know. I know. Well, you know, after like a month of that, the supervisor said, the only thing I think you actually know is how to say I know. Because you don't know anything and you think you know everything, but you mess up everything that we do. And the guy goes, I don't. And he would go, yeah, you do. You know, the I know spirit is one of these things where we get so arrogant about, well, I know what I'm doing. Well, you know what? If you've not spent 10,000 hours doing it, there's probably a lot of things that even if you have spent 10,000 hours doing it, that you'll learn on a daily basis. You know, I walk into work every single time and I've been in this job for over 15 years. I go in and I learn something new every single day. But you know, wisdom, it says, I don't know, tell me. You know, a lot of times I have people tell me stuff I already knew. Won't you educate me? You know, wisdom has the ability to not be haughty in spirit, but wisdom has the ability to have that learnable, teachable spirit. Wisdom is advertising for counsel. How many people has seen a Alexander Shonora sign lately? Anybody? I've got a, I've got right now there, I think there's actually four signs. I can't see the back of this first one, but there may be up to six signs that are Alexander Shonora that we just can't see the backs of these other ones. But in Proverbs chapter eight, verses one through eight, it says, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand at the top of the hill beside the way and where the path meets. She cries out at the gates at the city and enters into the doors. I'm going to tell you, this is Alexander Shonora's advertising. Like, I think he read uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, and said, this is how I'm going to advertise. I'm a counselor. I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I'm just going to put a sign by the wayside, and I'm going to put it by the gate, and I'm going to put it over here, and I'm going to go buy five of them. I found one of these that I almost put on there. It was, there was like a four, you know, four signs all in one little thing. And it was all Alexander Shonora. And I was like, wow. I was like, if you couldn't see high enough or over to your left or your right, there, it's going to get you in the line of vision somewhere, right? But do you know that this is one of the things that, that wisdom does is it advertises, it puts itself out there. A lot of people go, well, I don't know what to do. Do you know that advertising is, is happening all the time by the Holy Spirit? Wisdom is coming at a fast pace, and most people don't, don't understand. How many people want to be a millionaire one day? Anybody? Okay. So if you were 20 years old, you started putting 100 bucks a, a month in a 401k, and you did this every single month. By the time you retired, you'd have over a million dollars. People go, 
I don't want to put $100 in a 401k. But see, wisdom tells us that we do it one step at a time and one step at a time and one step at a time. See, the world goes, oh, go throw go throw $1,000 into this new tech stock. You know how many times I've thrown money into a tech stock that somebody told me that it was going to hit big? Do you know that it's never hit big? And you know, most of the time I either lost money or I broke even. You know that wisdom actually reigns supreme. You know, in my own 401k, I just put, you know, whatever they say match. We had a financial advisor when I first started. I was 23 years old. They came in, they said, the company matches at 6%. You need to put at least 6% in. And we were, we were po, okay? I was going, I can't get 6%. You know, I put 2% in. You know, I put 3% in. I went up to 4%. Every, every year I got a raise, I put a percent in. Do you know that, that my portfolio is much closer to that million dollars than it was 25 years ago? You know, we have to understand that wisdom is telling us to continue to do the blocking and tackling. You know, every single thing in your life, you will have wisdom come along and go, eh, it's not the way that your grandfather did it. It's not the way that your mom and dad did it. You know why? Because it worked. Now, that's unpopular, with, with especially in this generation. They're looking for the TikTok. I've become a millionaire overnight because I was able to do some funky dances, you know, on, on my camera. But do you know that we need to understand that everybody needs a skill that is not TikTok. And we, everybody needs to go and get a job that's not TikTok or, TikTok or YouTube. Because if you've got a skill, you can go do TikTok and YouTube, and if you get hit it big, then that's great. But, you know, you also got something to fall back on. It's called wisdom. And, you know, I say all this because I'm looking at a, a room full of people that's mainly retired. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking to too many people, but you do have grandkids, and your grandkids do need to, to understand your wisdom. I mean, my, my kids don't ask me. I just tell them, this is, this is wise. Hey, Micah, hey, Kaylee, where's Caleb? I want to tell him you need to do the wise thing. You know, that that's one of the reasons why we need to understand what is wise. And then we need to help others. Because if they never heard wisdom or they're, they're skating past it, you can be the one that goes, this is the wise thing, and you plant that seed. And it says in verse 4, it says, To you, O men, I call, and, a, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of understanding of heart. Let me tell you something, understanding of heart, our heart is our belief system. We need to put knowledge into our heart as much as we possibly can of the truth and knowledge of goodness. You know, you put in God's word, you're going to get out God's word. You know what? If we put in the things that we know are wise in the world, we're going to get back the things that are wise in the world. It's like, you know, the stock market, if it tanked today, I'm not taking my money out of the stock market. 
You know, I've got plenty of friends that back when all this stuff started happening like a year and a half ago, what they did was they took their money out. I went for the safer bets. I went for the ones that was just going to stay steady. Do you know what happened? Mine went higher. Theirs went pretty much to nothing. Do you know that we need to do the things that are prudent? We need to understand. And in our heart, we go, nope, this is a tried and true way. We need to know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Because if we know that, then we can follow that. It says here, it says in verse 7, it says, For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. And all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. Speak the truth. Allow only truth to come in. If somebody says, well, I don't know, guess what? They don't know. Don't take that to heart. You know, if I, if I come to you and I give you a, a bit of advice and I'm wishy-washy on it, don't take the wishy-washy advice. But if I come to you and I give you advice or somebody else comes to you and gives you advice and says, this is what has always worked. I do it myself. How many people... How many people know that if you're having marital troubles, you go find the person that's been divorced five times, right? Is that what we do? We go find, because, no, you go find the person that's been married for 35 years. Because they know what they're doing. They're, they're doing the tried and the true. But see, this is the thing in our society. We want to elevate the things that are, that typically are having problems and we want to victimize the victors. I see this all the time. We start having discussions about, you know, race or we start having discussions about, um, you know, um, fat phobia. Don't talk about my fatness. Or we talk about anything that's out here and people, the first thing they do is they turn around and go, this is the reason why. You know what? There is no reason why. There is only truth. And you know what the truth is? Is that you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. Don't let anybody tell you any different. If somebody comes along and tells you, well, I can't because. Well, guess what? That's, that's on you. You've believed that. But don't come and try to change my mind because it ain't going to work. I've seen, I've seen what I've seen and I've been where I've been and I'm going to take the most prudent way. Seek wise counsel, not the YouTube advice. Like these two people down here that's like, well, I got into an injury, so I'm going to be my own lawyer. Well, you know what? Go find a lawyer. You know what? Alexander Shinora, he makes a lot of money. I would imagine that Alexander Shinora is a pretty dang good attorney. Go find somebody like him. Go find the... The Alabama Hammer. What's that guy that he's like Mike Slocum or whatever? You know, go find somebody that's actually winning cases. Don't go and be the YouTube guy that's like, well, you know what? I looked up all my legal advice on YouTube, so now I'm ready to go take them on. You know what? Go where there's prudence and where people have, have a winning record. Listen to wise counsel. You know, you, you, you need to take the time to go school yourself. Now I'm not telling you to go to college. I'm not telling you to go spend thousands of dollars on college. In fact, you know what? 
If you have a particular type of job or a particular type of thing that you're wanting to go do, don't go to school for it if you can go get the the -the on-the-job training. If you can go find the people. But see, what I want you to understand is that you still have to put time in. Even if you don't put money in, you got to go put time in. Understand wise counsel. Don't be afraid to look stupid, stupid. You know, we have, I have a saying that I've been telling all of my people for years. And it was like, smart people ask stupid questions and stupid people don't. Do you know that I have a co-op that's working for me right now? He's from the University of Florida. You know, for like a week, he went around and we would tell him something. And he'd go, oh, yeah, okay. And he would write everything we said down. I got to the end of the week and I felt the Holy Spirit go, eh. go ask him how he's doing, what, what, he's, what he's doing. Does he understand? And I asked him, I said, do you understand what we're talking about? And he said, no. And I said, okay, what do you mean? So, you know, tell me where, where we're needing to fill the gaps. And he goes, I don't know any of it. Like, I've never... Other than turning a computer on, I have never seen any of this. Y'all are talking in German, uh, you know, Greek. I, I really don't know. And I go, okay, so now I got to go put together training in order to train him. And, and we're doing that for the next, I don't know, we, we've, been, we've been doing that for the last three weeks, doing nothing but teaching him how to do computing teaching him how to go and, and, and take, you know, uh, do computer networking. Do you know that he came back to me and he said, he said, man, I am so glad you asked me that question. I was so afraid y'all were going to be mad at me. And I just looked at him. I said, you know what? There are no stupid questions. Amen. There are no stupid questions. But if you don't ask it, you're pretty stupid. <laughs> and you may go, well, that's harsh, Dusty. Well, you know what? What happens if you don't know something? You're stupid. You got to go smarten up. You got to go get the information. And then if you go, hey, I'm too prideful. I can't get that information. Oh, I just, I don't want to talk to them about that. Then, you know, you're going to be the one that's going to be left behind. You're going to be like that guy that was like, oh, no. Well, you know, if you truly don't know, then you're never going to grow. If you don't ask. See, that's one of the reasons why I think that it's that if you're not asking for help, if you're not talking with people. See, I've got mentors that I go to and I ask them questions. Well, how do you do it? You know, I find sometimes that I'm doing I'm doing it better than they are. You know, sometimes I find out that, wow, they're on a different plane than I am. I need to step it up a couple notches. You know, if you don't have mentors, if you don't have people that you're talking to about things in life. You're missing out. But see, our society is not designed to go and find mentors. What we do is we we force that on all the MBAs, right? And see, everybody thinks that the MBAs and stuff like that, the the people who do the master's in business administration for all all these colleges and stuff, they think that they created all this stuff. They didn't. God created this. This is a spiritual aspect that we need to be adding into our lives where we're gathering together do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together we got church y'all are all assembled we're not forsaking it or at least i don't think most of y'all are anyway but 
you need to uh, assemble with other people. You might go, Dusty, I need to know something. So we have coffee. It may be that you need to know something from, you know, Lindsay or from Kaylee. Well, you need to go find out. This is one of the reasons why we need to have people in our lives that we can go ask good counsel about. All right, here's the last slide. Here's what we're doing. You know, it's not enough to know. You must ask the one who created all the stuff. You know, we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about how you pray, how you see things, how you see the outcomes. Do you know that you're pretty bad at it when you first do it? Because you don't get to that point of actually seeing it if you don't actually take the time to meditate on it. You know, that's one of the reasons why prayer in the middle of a bad situation is probably not going to work out too well for you. You need to be prayed up long before then. The Holy Spirit needs to be showing you things to come and you're praying and seeing your life and understanding where you're going to go. Not in the middle of the situation. You know, if you're in the middle of a crisis, you can say, help but you're probably not going to take the time or understand the things that you need to understand to see yourself out of it. You need to have already prayed it, seen it, been a part of a, of a thought process that the Lord has put in your heart to where you can counter it. You know, there's been plenty of things in my life that I have countered just by praying it out before. And then when something comes along, I go, no, in the name of Jesus, I know this. You know, you know the, the reason, the first thing that you'll find when you've not prayed it out, that you have not seen it, you've not done all the things that, that was the prerequisites for that, is the first thing you think is that it's bad and I'm going down. But if you start going, no, in the name of Jesus, I know the word, I know the word to use for this situation. I'm able to put my focus on that situation and the Holy Spirit is leading God me into all the truth, then you know, oh, I've been prayed up. I've been read up. I'm, I've got the word that's working in my life. I've been transformed. I'm transcendent of the things that are coming at me in the world. You know, if I start having a problem like my, my car broke down, I didn't mope around the house. Now, I would have 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I'd have been like, I have that thing paid off. God, why, why did this happen to me? How many people's been there? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Well, you know, the thing is, is the Lord, when it started happening, I'd already been looking. I already knew, okay, this is some of the things I'd been researching. Where do I go if this is going to happen? And I told the Lord, I said, I don't, I don't want to have to have a car payment. But if I have to, then... So be it. Well, in this day and age, you got to have a car payment. I couldn't find anything that I could pay for just outright that was going to be worth anything. But do you know that, that when it happened, when it went down, I was not angry. I was in peace. Perfect peace that passeth all understanding was in my heart, my belief system, in my mind. And I just said, okay, Lord, what do we do next? I knew where to go. I knew how to. I had counseled. My dad works for Driver's Way. I had him looking at cars. I had other people doing it. You know, I'm not telling you stuff. I'm not telling you to eat dog food that I'm not eating myself, right? 
Because I went and found people that had good counsel. My dad said, hey, you probably want to go buy a brand new car rather than go buy a car that's only a couple thousand dollars less that has 70,000 miles versus seven miles. You know what? That was good counsel. Now, if this was five years ago, the, the car driver's way would have been better. But see, we need to understand that there is a, a point and a place that God brings us to because we're prayed up and that we just, we're just like, hey, I'm moving through it. I'm not getting stuck and bogged down in it. All right, where am I at? Did I even start this? I'm not even sure. All right, the Proverbs of Solomon, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 1, says, My son, if you receive my words, it's like if I threw a ball at you, if I'm throwing a word at you, then if you catch it, it becomes a rhema word. It's something spoken to you. You go, oh, I know what to do with that. You know, Charlie, we were doing the healing school, and he was talking about a word that it just said it just hit him. It was just one of those things. It was like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That was one of them that it like went bam. And I went, oh, that's mine. Oh, I caught that one. I got, I got my arms locked around that one. And I lived on that one for a long time. And it says right here, and it says, If you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, so then you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. This word incline is like tune. It's like I'm trying to get in the right place to be able to hear. You know, there's sometimes we've got to understand we're not in a place to hear something. How many people have been in the middle of a situation and you weren't ready to hear something? Everybody. Do you know that, that there's, there's things where we have to go, okay... I know my tuning is bad. It's like my guitar. If I'm up here and I'm playing and all of a sudden the tuning's bad, it's like I got to stop and tune, right? Well, the same thing's got to happen when we start tuning our ear is that we go, well, you know what, Lord? I'm really good at at this pity party thing. I want to keep it going for a little bit. And the Holy Spirit goes, nope, you need to go tune your ears to listen because you need to get out of the pity party and you need to start walking, We need to get you moving in a direction. You know, that's when you need to start tuning your ear and inclining it to say, oh, I'm starting to hear the wisdom. And it says here in verse 3, and it says, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek after, uh, after her as silver and research for her as a forbidden treasure. See, these are one of those things that you need to understand is that, is that the choice silver is I've got to go find the knowledge first before I can actually walk in it. And by the time I start walking in it, man, wisdom just starts coming out of that. I need to, what do I need to spend? What do I need to do? What's the time frames? What, where do I need to go, Lord? See, we need to understand what God is telling us. You know, if we ask the created, the one that created everything... He's going to show you how to use his creation. See, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times if, if we're not using the creation right, then we're putting shoes on our, on our hands. Have you ever seen people, the kids that put their shoes on their hands or they flip the, their, their shoes around on their feet? You know, a parent has to come along and show them what to do with those shoes. Well, the same thing, if the creator shows you how to use creation, then you're going to know something and you're going to be able to use it effectively. 
And it says here in verse 5, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is good. How many people know that I, I have a fear of Heather? She's mean. Y'all help me. No. No, but see, the thing is, is that I fear hurting her feelings. You know, it makes our relationship a whole lot better. Because if I have a fear of I don't want to hurt her feelings and I want to deal with her in the way that we've set up our boundaries, well, then now we have relationship. She, I, I know the things that tick her off and she knows the things that tick me off. And we stay away from those. Do you know that the same thing with the Lord is that when we have understanding of the things that tick him off, but also the things that turn him on and get things going, then we understand the Lord. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we find, and so it says here, then in verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Man, Lord, keep giving me sound wisdom and store it up for me. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and he preserves the way of his saints. Verse 9 says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. You know that the world is screaming out for equity right now. They're screaming out for justice. You know what the problem is? Is that we don't have the right equity and the right justice being played out. You know, when you are a victim rather than a victor, then you won't step out into your victorhood. You know, if I told you today that every one of y'all could be computer engineers. Huh. Huh. Do you know that the only reason why the only reason why you aren't is because you've said that's not what I want to do. Or you've said I can't do it. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you straight up. Whatever you desire to do, God says that you can do it, that he'll bring it to pass in Psalms 37 and 4. Do you know that the thing is, is that I'm not telling you everybody should be a computer engineer, but I will tell you this. I was, I wanted to be a computer engineer so bad. I wrote it down when I was five years old. My mom has it. I wanted to do all those things and I grew up with ADD and dyslexia. You know that I didn't pass most of my classes. They just kept moving me along. You know that when I got to the end of my, of my high school education, they handed me a blank diploma and they said, you have a good life. It wasn't until I got a hold of the word of God and started understanding where I was going to go that the Lord said, hey, that's still a desire of yours, right? I was like, yes. He was like, we're going to get you there. Well, you know, I just took on a job where I have actual... I have 16 computer engineers that work for me. I've been a computer engineer, like by title, for over 18 years now. I've had, I've had the the degrees since 28 uh, 2008. 
You know, this is the thing, guys, is that what I'm trying to show you here is that there are times and seasons where God's going to say, hey, you, you can do whatever is in your heart. And you may go, I just don't know if I can do that. And God's going, well, I wouldn't have told you about it if you couldn't. Are you the victim or are you the victor? See, victims go, I can't do it because I've been held down. Victors go, let me get to my next fight. What is it that I need to take on? And see, that's what I want people to walk away from every single week is that I'm a victor. I can go and I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That everything God's put on my heart, that it doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter how much strength I have. It doesn't matter anything because he said I could do it. So I'm going to go do it. Amen. Amen. And it says here in verse 10, it says, when wisdom enters your heart, your belief system, And knowledge is pleasant to your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Then then you can discern um, what will preserve you. You know, if if I could actually just sit there and and say, this is what's going to preserve me. It's a little bit like when I told you all about, you know, go put the $100 a month in, in your 401k. If you went and put the $100 in there, that means that you believe that one day you're going to see the goodness come from it. It's not the fast food. Hey, I put my dollar out and I get my dollar menu back when I get around the corner. No, this is, I believe that goodness is coming. You know, I always, I always think it like this. You know, I've, I've thought about this 10,000 hour thing a lot. And, you know, it's 4.8 months is what it really, uh, 4.8 years if you work 40 hours a week at something. Well, if I had sickness in my body, if I had, you know, if I was having issues with my finances, if I was having whatever that was happening to me, if I was to say, okay, Lord, you know what? Between now and 4.8 years from now, I'm going to believe God for you. You'd see it come to pass long before 4.8 years. But the thing is, is that I think a lot of times we go, Lord, if you can get this done in 4.8 minutes, then that's when I'm going to believe. And then I'm going to move on. See, that's what we have to understand is that in our heart, we have to go, by God, if I hadn't seen it yet, I'm just going to continue to stand. I'm going to stand when I don't know what to do, anything else. I'm just going to keep going. There's nobody that's going to tell me that it's not going to work. I'm just going to keep working it because it is going to work. I see faith working in me. I'm able to see it with a mind eye of God in my own prayers. I see myself coming out of this thing. I'm going through it. It's not going to hold me down. That's the words of victors. Let's see, after 4.8 minutes, <laughs> well, it didn't happen, Lord, so it's never going to happen. See, that's what I want you to understand is that when you get knowledge and you get understanding, then you walk it out and you live it out, and then you can become wise in it because you see it come to pass. That may take some time. That may take some time, guys. And guess what? Just because you're older and you've dealt with stuff in your life, this particular thing 
may not be what you've ever dealt with in your life. You know, I, I consider our heart like a bunch of, if you remember in school or you had like a class full of kids and they had their little cubbies and they were just all everywhere. Well, if you were to take your life and break it up into a bunch of cubbies and say, you know, this is, this is my understanding around wisdom and knowledge and, and, you know, this is health and, and finances and everything. Well, we have so many compartments of our heart that we need to stay wise in. We just can't be good in one thing. Go find a billionaire. They're really good at one thing. Their lives are usually just... You know why? Because they don't put any time into that. They put their time into what's making them money. But see, we have all these compartments in our heart and we need to put, we need to put knowledge and understanding into it. In fact, in verse uh, 11, it's, or verse 12, it says, To deliver you from the ways of evil for uh, the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of unrighteousness to walk in the way of darkness. So this is not, well, if you walk with me, you're going to hear a bunch of cuss words, and I'm going to tell you a bunch of dirty jokes. That's not what this is. How many people ever thought that this is what that's, that, that meant? Is that... I'm going to stay away from the perverse guy, right? No, this right here has to do with they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you a lie. They're going to try to drag you into darkness. If the truth is, is that you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you, then wisdom is going to come along and say, stay away from those people that are trying to drag you down. If they're trying to, Add to your victimhood. Go find people who are victors so that you can be victors with them. Go walk with the upright. Don't go walk with the people that are in darkness because the people in darkness are just going to go, well, you can't be doing any better than I am because I'm doing horrible. This is a truth, guys. Go find people that you can have good counsel with. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together with people who are going to believe. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't even want to talk about that from a church perspective, but if you find a church where they're like, where they're tearing you down, don't go to that church. But if you find people that are around you, whether they're in this church, they're outside this church, go find people that are building you up. Don't go find people that, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to come to church with Dusty and all these people. And then on the weekdays, I'm going to go find people that are dragging me down. Well, you know what? This is like having a meal and you starve the rest of the week. Go find people who can feed you. Go find people who can continue to grow you every single week. Go find people you can go and put into and you can help grow them. Receive words, treasure commandments. Tune your ears to what wisdom sounds like. Have a heart of understanding and it equals only believing in the right things. Righteousness, judge, judge, justice, and equity. Those things are going to come from you understanding your place in the word that you are a victor and not a victim. And God is going to take you down every good path. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. <clears throat> Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are showing us, dear Lord, how to apply wisdom in our lives, how to continue to make 
uh, to make the path straight for us, Father, so that we can so that we can not just understand something, but we can apply it to our lives and that we become skillful and, and that we have the right wit for it. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that there are opportunities that is going to be open to these to each and every person that is listening to the sound of my voice. The, even the people that are listening on the podcast or listening to us online, I thank you, Father, that you are giving them a test that, so they can have a testimony and Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, that nothing more than a test is just opportunity. And that their opportunities are just coming to them. That they are seeing their lives just being expanded, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that there is that their vision, the way they see themselves in the natural, that you are adding the super to their natural. And that you are taking them beyond their situation so that they can see themselves on the other side as a victor. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you are leading people across their path, that they can help them to become victors and that they can preach the good news of Jesus too so that they can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens them. Father, we're having a fellowship today. I just pray over this food that we're about to receive. This time of fellowship, I thank you, dear Lord, that we're coming together and that we're building each other up. I pray over the food that it is blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. If you have any prayer needs, I'll be down at the front. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy the food in the back.